0: Part 9 may be the last part I call out, but we'll see. Now we're in an Italian restaurant. Checkered tablecloths, low lighting. Max Morrow eats lasagna in a booth near the back. Goldman walks in and looks around. He goes and sits across from Morrow.
1: Now tell me what this is all about.
0: I've been
2: researching ocean currents.
1: What does that have to do with anything?
2: I've found evidence of a widespread evacuation from the North Pole. They got in rafts and went their separate ways.
1: That means Santa could be anywhere.
2: True, and not true. You said the elf you'd captured was tiny, isn't that so? Correct. Well, I've discovered a pile up of unclaimed inflatable rafts.
0: Max pulls out a map. He points to some circled areas.
2: Here, 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 and here. But with Santa's weight being much greater than the elves... I believe he would have traveled on a stronger current.
0: Max pulls out a pen. He draws the currents.
2: The weaker currents correspond to where I found the rafts, and the only stronger current that picks up from the Arctic Circle.
0: Max draws a line to the Gulf of Mexico. Ends here. Goldman leans back and taps his fingers on the table. He reaches into his pocket and removes a stack of money.
1: Good.
0: Goldman sets the stack of money on the table and slides it towards Max. Max Morrow smiles and returns to his lasagna. We interrupt this lasagna for breaking news.
1: At first suspected to be gang taggings, images of spray-painted Santa Claus have been popping up on walls in many major cities as well as minor ones. The words beneath it read... I believe in Santa Claus. After the Christmas poisonings of last season, some officials are calling these images a threat. In related news, Toymaker Worldwide has just released a new line of toys that hitches its success on a different view of old Saint Nick.
0: A reporter stands at a news desk with various Santa toys, speaking with Alden.
2: I'm here with Alden Jackson, the new head of toy production at Toymaker Worldwide. Can you tell us what we're looking at?
3: Certainly, Connie. We've got the Puncha santa which is an inflatable punching bag with Santa's stupid face on it. We've also got a super fun board game called Santa Payback, where you infect Santa Claus with the toxins from the fun game from last Christmas. The kids will love the whole anti-Santa line. We guarantee it.
2: You heard it here first. Anti-Santa toys are available now. Back to you, Don.
1: Thanks, Connie. Some skeptics on our research team initially thought there would be no market for toys like these, but they said once they got their hands on them, they couldn't stop playing.
0: Back at the small town Texas diner, Jane rolls some silverware into napkins. A horn honks. She looks outside and sees Santa in a red Suburban. He
1: waves.
4: Well, hello, stranger.
1: Good morning, Jane. Where did you get this ride? It was parked behind the shed. (laughs) Listen, I have to show you something. Well, what is it? It's a surprise.
4: Well, my shift ends at noon. Then you can surprise me all you want.
1: Ho, ho, ho!
0: Jane looks at Santa, a little confused.
1: Uh, what was that? You made me laugh.
0: (laughs) Santa drives off. A person sits on the bench with a newspaper raised in front of their face. He lowers the paper and watches Santa's Suburban. The person pulls out a can of spray paint and holds up the Santa cut-out stencil. He tags a wall. It reads, I believe in Santa Claus. After Jane's shift, she meets Santa at the Prancer residence. He walks her to the shed.
1: I must have made it in my sleep. It made me think of you. Why's that? I don't know, because uh, it's beautiful.
0: Santa opens the door. Jane's mouth drops open. It's a big, freaking huge Rube Goldberg device. Complicated, irrational, and beautiful. Jane touches it.
1: <gasps> and what does it do? I don't really know. This morning, I pushed a button once, and it made me a cup of coffee. <laughs> and then I pushed it again, and it made chocolate chip cookies.
0: Jane pushes the button. The machine kicks into action. She watches in wonderment as a thousand things happen in perfect succession. A puppy falls out of the machine. Jane's eyes twinkle. She picks up the puppy and cuddles it. Oh,
4: I've always wanted one of these.
0: A tear rolls down Jane's face.
4: Promise me when you remember who you are, you won't forget about me. I promise.
0: Back in New York City, The hustle and bustle continues. Madison walks down the street, her arms stacked with boxes yet again. She runs into someone and the boxes fall yet again.
3: It's Alden. Watch where you're going.
0: Madison perks up when she sees
3: it's him.
4: (laughs) We have to stop meeting like this.
3: It's getting old.
4: Right, right. Um, did you get my messages?
3: I've always been a businessman, Madison. And that's what I'm meant to be. I don't have time for love.
4: There's always time for love.
3: I'm late for a meeting.
0: Alden walks off. Madison picks up her boxes in the street. Her phone rings. She answers.
4: Hi, Mom. Yeah, it's not a good time right now. Um, well, I'll see you soon, okay? We're excited to visit. Okay, bye-bye.
0: Alden did have a meeting. He wasn't lying. This is that meeting. Click. Alden presents a PowerPoint. A long table is lined with people who look like they have too much money.
3: As a result of the launch of the anti-Santa campaign, our sales have skyrocketed in the first two quarters of the fiscal year. But that's not the half of
0: it. Alden clicks to the next slide.
3: We've arranged to buy up all of the foreclosed North Pole Incorporated factories for pennies on the dollar. With your help, this expansion will make Toymaker Worldwide a monopoly in the toy game. Click. Our analysts have projected the path of our stocks over the next 10 years, and the results are breathtaking. For every dollar you invest today, you will be making thousands, minimum. The board
0: applauds. Goldman sits at the other side of the table.
3: Now let's get out
1: those checkbooks, shall we?
0: Meanwhile, some private investigating is in full force. Max Morrow drives a speedboat along the shoreline. He raises a pair of binoculars. A deflated boat sits tangled in some brush. Bingo. Max steers the boat toward the sand. Max lifts the edge of the limp boat with his hands. He looks around. Nothing. He walks around the area. He sees a white puff stuck in the sand. Max grabs it. Stuck. He pulls harder. A red Santa hat emerges.
2: Double Bingo.
0: Now, hot on Santa's tracks, Max walks down the main road of the small Texas town. His stomach grumbles. The diner sits in view. Ding. One omelet coming up. Max eats the omelet with tactical precision. Jane comes over with the check. Thank you.
4: Oh, no problem, sir. If you don't mind me asking, you're not from around here, are you?
2: Thank God, no. But you might be able to help me.
4: How do you mean?
2: A lot of people pass through here, I imagine. The regulars, I mean. So you would notice when someone came along who didn't belong.
4: I pegged you, didn't I?
2: Exactly. Do you remember anyone passing through a few months ago who was an older gentleman with a white beard, white hair,
4: and a kind disposition?
0: Jane eyes Max cautiously.
4: That doesn't sound familiar.
0: Minutes later, Jane knocks loudly on the door at the Prancer residence. Santa answers.
4: I think somebody's looking for you. What do you mean? I didn't like him. You guys should come with me.
0: Santa grabs the baby elf and some things. Jane loads baby elf into the back seat. She looks up and sees a reindeer flying. She buckles the baby elf in and shakes her head doing a double take. She looks back. The reindeer is grazing normally with some others. Jane gets in the car.
1: Are you okay?
4: I thought I saw something, that's all.
0: They all get to Jane's house, and Jane is fully focused. She drops a plastic bag onto the table. Santa opens it.
1: What's all this?
4: The man said he was looking for an old man with white hair and a beard.
0: She pulls out a razor and a tube of hair dye.
4: And since you can't change your age, I thought we could fix the other two.
0: Santa rubs his beard.
1: Hmm... For some reason, I feel like this beard has been important to me for quite some time. Safety first.
0: Jane clips Santa's hair short. She puts on plastic gloves and squirts the hair dye on them. She runs the gloves through Santa's hair. She puts a shower cap on his head. Santa shaves his beard. The timer dings.
1: Jane rinses
0: out the excess dye.
1: Did you hear something?
0: Jane stops. A small sound comes from the living room. Santa grabs a towel and dries his hair. He motions for Jane to be quiet. He walks out. The sound happens again.
1: Jane! Come here!
0: Jane walks in and sees Santa holding the baby elf clean-shaven with black hair. Santa tickles the baby elf's nose. It squeaks with laughter.
1: Say it again!
4: Santa? Oh, my God, that is so precious.
0: Jane looks to her new puppy running around on the floor.
4: I'm going to name you a little pup.
1: <laughs>
0: at that same moment, back at the Prancer residence, Max Morrow walks around the perimeter of the house, flashing a flashlight inside. Max sees the shed and opens it. He turns on the light and sees the machine. Hmm. Max pushes the button. It creaks and moves slowly. A lump of coal drops out worthless. This concludes part nine of the greatest Christmas story ever told. Part 10 is a banger. It's got ironic situational comedy, toy production drama, and the moment you've been waiting for, even if you didn't know it.